from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, host of The Rachel Cruz Show, co-host of Smart Money Happy Hour with George Camel, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. Lee is with us in St. Louis. Hi, Lee. Welcome to The Ramsey Show. Hi, Mr. Ramsey. Um, I was calling today because I'm trying to get through these baby steps kind of on my own since my husband and I, um, our finances are separated. And I'm wondering if I should stop putting into my 401k to get there faster. Why are your finances? Is it Leah or Lee? It's Leah. That's Leah. okay. No, no, it's great. It's great. I've been called worse. No, no it's fine. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I'll call you by your right name though. Um, yeah, Leah, why, why are the finances separate? They didn't start off that way. Uh, we've been married for 14 years in August. And when we started out, um, our finances were together, but (laughs) we fought a lot about money. Bills were always paid. I'll say that. I've always worked full time. But my husband, when we got married, was going to school. And he actually went to pharmacy school. And when he finished pharmacy school and started getting what I call like his big money, we were doubling up on his loans and paying those off faster. But the checking account was always to zero. And that he just couldn't take it anymore. And I couldn't take the fighting. So we decided together to split our finances. But now fast forward, that's been about eight years. And I'm still kind of (laughs) living paycheck to paycheck, essentially. And I know that that bothers him for me to say that. But that's well, it's kind of a Dr. Phil moment. How's that working for you? It's not. (laughs) It's not. I know. So Leah, here's the truth. Here's what we have found. It's really difficult. It's not that it's absolutely impossible, but I'm going to say it is really difficult to win with money long term and have money goals like getting out of debt, saving up an emergency fund, like doing all the baby steps that we talk about. When you are in a household and you're working on one income and the other person is there with their income, but you guys share bills, your names are maybe on each other's debt because you're married. Like, I mean, it's like it's half it's half in, it's half out. And so for one to go on this really straight path and run really hard while the other one isn't there, it's almost like you're just dragging this weight behind you trying to make progress. And it's really difficult, almost impossible to make progress when that happens. And so honestly, I would say, Leah, I mean, the tactical answer to your question is yes pause retirement while you're paying off debt and getting an emergency fund in place but that's uh, that that's that's two three steps later I think the first main step is you and your husband I mean honestly sitting down and you guys what, what were really you? getting to this point though where you communicate obviously your needs your desires what your fears were what the frustration was eight years ago and bring it back up because what y'all basically did was just decided to avoid a fight instead of get to a resolution by just separating. And a lot of couples do that. Well, we just fight, we can't do this, so we're gonna just separate and just ignore each other financially and run on these two separate roads. But the issues are still there and they're probably coming up in other places in your marriage too, Leah. <laughs> yeah, he, we, we still fuss and fight about it because he's unbelievably frugal. 
like he goes neutral down to hell to save on gas. <laughs> so he's paid off his student loans, which were very high, like over 160000 He's paid those off. He has an amazing savings. But I'm still over here, like chugging along paycheck to and paycheck. And is that because of your income or is that because of your money habits? Uh, definitely a combination. He makes double what I make. Um, but we try to split the bills. So I feel like, okay, I can get the bills met. But then I've discovered now through your book, thank you, I'm so excited you're on the show today because I love you and, and reading your book has opened my eyes to my own issues that I didn't even know I had. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's me. That's, that's why I do that. And I didn't understand. So now I'm like, you know, this age of enlightenment and I'm like, oh, okay. So now I'm like, okay, let's make a budget and let's not spend money on Amazon and let's not go out to eat five times a week. And, you know, so I'm learning. Yeah. Um, There's definitely some behavior stuff on my side, but also when I'm still trying to meet like all the bills that we've kind of said that we would meet together, but separate, it's Mm -hmm. hard. Yeah. Yeah. So this overall situation is not efficient. It's not good relationally. You're not resolving the underlying issues. He's not respecting your ability to enjoy life. And he's gone on with his frugality so much that instead of it being a virtue, it's turned into something you're starting to resent. Uh, you're paying more than half the bills with less than half the income. I'm not sure how you figured that out was okay. Um, and so, uh, you know, there's just so much wrong with this. So the old book of common prayer says this for richer, for poor in sickness and in health unto thee, all my worldly goods, I pledge. And it's this idea of joining our lives because here's what happens relationally and practically as well. You, what you spend your money on says what you value. And you value going out to eat and enjoying life like Rachel, okay? (laughs) Rachel's mom, on the other hand, has six-year-old leftovers in the freezer. She's your husband. It's true. (laughs) This is true. They fell out when I opened the door the other day, and I said, you're throwing some of this out, or I am. It hit me on the toe. (laughs) This has got to stop. And so this this is how life works, right? I mean, this is marriage. And so we're going to, I'm going to enjoy my wife's frugality. She's going to know that her life is much more fun because I'm around, because I'm the minister of fun at our place. And I'm the spender by nature, even though I teach this stuff every day. And so um, I'll be the one that plans the fancy spancy trip that she gets to take. So you're that person. And that's, he has that benefit by having you, but he's not getting the benefit of that. You have the benefit of having some net worth and actual nest egg built because he's freaking frugal. That's awesomeness. (laughs) See, Larry Burkett used to say, if two people like just to like get married, one of you is unnecessary, but you're not getting the benefit, the complimentary uh, of your complimentary skills and values. Instead, they became a reason for separation. And Leah, I'm telling you too, there's a level of couples. When you separate your finances, you're separating something that's supposed to be unified. Yeah. Dreams. When you marry someone, you are sharing your life, not in this like codependent way of, you know, all that, like you still are Leah and he is still him. And that's, that was to Dave's point earlier. Like you're still going to be who you are, 
But when you separate that and you guys don't work together with your finances, I'm telling you, there is stuff that you guys are avoiding and you end up being roommates. Yeah. That there's a level of intimacy that is created and vulnerability when you say, I, I, everything I have is yours, everything you have is mine, and we're a team, we're married. Like it should be us against the world. And instead, you're in this like triangle with the world trying to dance around it and it's exhausting. So yeah. your marriage will be thrive will be so much richer and deeper if you I guys want, work on the same team. So that's the next conversation. We're going to give you a Financial Peace University. I want the two of you together to go through it. I'm going to give it to you as a gift. If that doesn't solve it, get in marriage counseling for the good of your relationship and your future. Most break-ins happen when your home is the most vulnerable in the middle of the day when no one is home. So I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. They're the best at what they do, protecting your whole home. Their award-winning system is backed by 24/7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day, half the cost of traditional home security. And my listeners get 20% off their system when they sign up for Fast Protect monitoring at simplysafedirect.com. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Our question of the day is sponsored by Neighborly, your hub for home services. If you're moving, you have a long list of to-dos. But Neighborly has local pros like Housemaster, Five Star Painting, Window Genie, and Junk King to check items off that list. Visit Neighborly.com to schedule home service experts near you. And today's question comes from Wayne in Pennsylvania. Right now, what would be the best investment and stocks to invest in if there's a downturn coming? If the government does not raise the debt ceiling in June and we go into a recession, what is the best thing to do with our money? Hmm. Uh, well, Wayne, I mean, I would say the, I mean, honestly, we're still so consistent regardless of what downturn is happening, especially when it comes to investing. If you are out of debt with a fully funded emergency fund, you still want to be investing. I mean, even in a downturn. and Especially we've had, in a downturn. Yeah, we've, we've had ups and downs. And what happens is a lot of people have a lot of fear and they freak out. And so they either stop investing or they pull their money out at the bottom, which is actually the best time to invest because then you get to ride all the gains when it goes back up. And so I would be very consistent, Wayne, on what you're doing. I mean, you know, we talk about retirement a lot, 401ks, uh, Roth IRAs, you know, good mutual funds within those and and just continue the path. Now, you know, if you are in a position and, you know, with a recession, I mean, the job market and stuff, you know, that's sometimes where you see um, significant possible layoffs and that kind of thing. So if you're in an environment, a company or an industry that layoffs are happening and you have a three month emergency fund, maybe I would probably bump it up to six. You know, you can be conservative on the same on the savings end to get to money. But other than that, I mean, I would I would keep investing, but in June is when the debt ceiling, Dave comes into comes into effect, and so there's that whole conversation going on, and so when you look at that, what are what are your thoughts around all that? I yawn. It's happened so many times in my sixty two years that they get up to the and debt they're just going to raise it, right? I they're, mean, they're, what are they going to do? Yeah, I know. of course they're going to raise it. Like a hundred percent of the time, they raise the debt ceiling because they just can't keep quit spending. They spend 
like they're drunk and on drugs. I mean, they just spend all the time up there. And so they're going to raise it. Of course, they're going to raise it. But there's going to politically posture around and act like it's somebody's fault. It's not somebody's fault. It's your fault and my fault because we elected those idiots. And we keep sending them up there. And they keep doing the same stupid butt stuff over and over and over again. They're going to raise it. And even if they don't for three weeks and they have to set some federal workers aside or some kind of crap like that like they do a time or two i can remember i think it's happened twice or three times in my life but every so often we get this thing but it's democrats versus republicans and i'm going to push through my little agenda in order to not hold i'm going to hold the nation hostage so i can get my little political crap into the bill and that's what we're doing and that's what we're seeing up there right now at this moment yeah as always so they're going to pass it. And and even if they don't, it's not going to throw the nation into a recession. Where'd you get that? That's just wrong. It's not going to do that. So all of that aside, well, word, though, your core recession. question is, yeah, your core question is, what do we invest in? I invest in four types of mutual funds, growth, growth and income, aggressive growth, and international. I prefer mutual funds that have at least a 10-year track record, and all of the ones I currently own do. And, uh, and I invest in those in uptimes, in downtimes, in all times. I never stop. I never stop. I never stop. I invest all the way down. I invest all the way up. I am always looking like I'm the smartest person on the planet. And the only intelligent thing I did was I didn't stop. And I just keep investing. And I just keep investing. And I just keep investing. And we found all kinds of research that says the number one correlating factor to people who build wealth investing is that they actually invest. Consistently. They don't sit and discuss whether the debt ceiling is going to knock them out or whether the dollar is going to get blown up or whether the chimney all the dead gum drama that goes around the economy all the time Okay, well the other drama piece you mentioned it but the word recession it's i mean it's it's a it's one that's floated around for a while and a lot of people are saying that that's something that you can see two consecutive quarters of the gdp GDP going going down down. that's a recession but it's a little different different if you say it with if you say it with movie music in the background boom 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 a recession recession report live on cnn or fox it's the recession we're following the recession and then it didn't actually happen it's kind of anticlimactic you know and so or the recession happens and the economy was down one quarter of one percent two consecutive quarters and so it's technically a recession that totals a half a percent of shrinkage well whoop-de-doop-de i mean really listen i can tell you something that had a whole lot more effect on it its name was fauci okay he had a lot more impact on your economy and on your dadgum the mess that you call inflation now the inflation crap is real yeah but recession yeah guys listen there's always a newscaster whose job is to scare your butt because you don't watch unless you're mad or scared and if you're mad or scared, Not true. you go down the rabbit hole and keep watching and keep watching and keep watching. And you study all the theories and all the reasons that everything that we've worked for is just going to evaporate and we're all going to die. And this drama, this fear porn is just real. I'm not making fun of Wayne. I'm making fun of me and Rachel and everybody else. We me? all do this. We all do this. You're the conspiracy theory queen of the family, of course. So, you know. We all do this. And okay. so you get you just you get sucked into happening. this you get sucked into this Freudian negative 
scarcity, fear-based stuff. And it, it keeps you, the reason I'm going off on it is it keeps you from investing. Yes, yes, yes. So you have to just, it's an act of your will. It's an act of your intellect. I'm just going to keep investing. And the ones that never stop for any reason, they just keep investing. They're the tortoise and they win every time I read the book. It's good. Good stuff. Jordan's with us in Sacramento. Hey, Jordan, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, thank you guys so much for taking my call. I'm so happy. Well, we're honored. How can we help? Um, okay, so basically, um, my husband and I are in baby step number two, and his brother in October is having uh, a wedding, and he lives all the way in Boston. So my husband and I have, like, done the math, and we're just kind of getting, like, a little bit of anxiety about it because we really feel like, obviously, we can't afford it because we have debt. Um, but at the same time, my husband just feels really bad because it's his brother. So it's like, but at the same time, when we look at our goals of like starting a family and things like that, um, we kind of feel like we just need to make the decision of not going. Um, but then again, because it's his brother, there's just that factor of feeling really guilty about it. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I would say when events like this happen, because a lot of people, you know, whether it's weddings or 50th anniversary celebrations, right? I think it's looking at the people in the relationship at this point and just saying, hey, how how important is this relationship? And I'm not saying this is your brother's case, but just say like, they don't really have, what, what if, right? They, they didn't really have a relationship. They don't really, they don't, they don't talk anything. I, I still, Jordan would, would caution you when it's when it's immediate family i'm like i don't think i would miss my sister or my brother's wedding i don't think i would and so even though you're in baby step two uh for me this is where i would probably pause and pile up some money get a cheap flight from sacramento to boston and sleep in your husband's old bedroom that he grew up in yeah it's not gonna be a big and turn around and come back home. <laughs> cheap it out. Don't miss your brother's wedding. But do it on the absolute yeah. cheap. If it was your friend's okay. wedding, no, you're going to miss it. Because 25 you're, years from now, they're not going to be your friend. Unless it's your absolute... But what? 25 <laughs> years from now, they're not going to be your friend. They're not. You're not even going to know who they are. I, okay. You're not. <laughs> and, but yeah, I'll tell you, 25 friend. years from now, he's still going to be your brother. So, yeah. Okay. I would. Uh, I, I definitely I wouldn't miss this. Not even a chance. But cheap on the cheap. The absolute cheap. Hey, Rachel, I got to tell you. We can talk about it on the... I agree. And I have thoughts. I have thoughts. I, we I have to go to break. You do. We got to go break. You worked hard for your home. It should be a place where you can relax and refocus on your goals. And something as simple as window treatments can make the difference. If you're ready for an upgrade, we've recommended Blinds.com for years. And I've used them myself. That's because with Blinds.com, you don't have to sacrifice your budget, your style, or great service. From blinds, drapes, shutters, and motorized shades, they make it easy and affordable to upgrade your entire home. 
and their team is always ready to help with everything from design consultation to measuring and installation. Plus, there are never any misleading quotes or hidden fees. Everything is backed by their 100% satisfaction guarantee, and shipping is always free. See why Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window coverings. Visit Blinds.com to save up to 40% off everything site-wide. That's Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Thank you for joining us, America. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. As a spender, Rachel, you've been known to buy things like pizza. Yes, I do. I do love pizza. I love going out to eat. So whenever I have extra cash on hand, uh, it's it is absolutely the best. That's why I'm so excited to announce our Ramsey Cash Giveaway. It is back, and this is your chance to win up to five hundred dollars or the $3,000 grand prize. So guys, it is so easy to enter. All you have to do is go to RamseySolutions.com slash giveaway, and you can increase your chances by winning, by winning of, of winning by entering daily. So there is no purchase necessary, but you must be 18 or older to win. And we're not stopping there. We are actually running one of our famous, incredible sales. The $10 sale is here. So get the books and the tools you need to build wealth Find the career that you were made for, improve your mental health, and deepen your relationships. The $10 sale includes all questions for humans conversations from Dr. John Deloney and my book, Know Yourself, Know Your Money, and Dave Ramsey's newest best-selling book, Baby Steps Millionaires. And all those deals will be gone soon. So make sure to shop the $10 sale today at RamseySolutions.com. John's in Chicago. Hey, John, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. Sure. What's up? Well, my uh, wife of ten and a half years passed last April. Oh my! Um, she had a five-year uh, cancer battle. Like a year ago, April, or just the other day? Just the other day, about oh a month, my. month ago. Oh gosh, John! I'm sorry, so John. Sorry. How old was she? Uh, thirty-seven. Wow. Oh. What was her name? Uh, Mary. Mary, I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. Thanks. I, I appreciate it. You said you've been married ten years. Yeah, and, she, back and she'd been fighting this five. Yep. Wow. You guys got kids? Three, uh, nine, eight, and six. Oh. How they Two doing? Boys and a girl. Um, we're getting by day yeah. by day, one day at a time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry, John. Mm. Thanks. It's, it's been a battle. How can we help today? Um, so uh, we had. And going through the baby steps, uh, you know, we really took a look in the mirror about four years ago. Um, we were saying about a ninety-two thousand in normal debt, uh, everything and and anything. Um, we got it down to about thirty, um, and that was a, a home equity. And then we still have about two sixty on our mortgage. Um, and you know, now everything is coming. We, you know, we're fortunate. We did it when our first son was born. We got life insurance, and I'll be having you know, that money trickling in really soon. And I'll have her pension payout, her survivor benefits, and her pension reimbursement check coming in the next couple of weeks. And I'm going to have all this, and I just I 
don't know what to do with it and where I should do with it. Do I pay down the mortgage? Do I, what do I do? What's the grand total? Um, with everything, cause we're getting uh, a state check from my dad. My dad passed about nine months ago. Um, I have about 600, okay. um, to work with. Okay. Um, well, the first thing you need to do is, is, and we always recommend this is just give yourself lots of room for grief because, um, when you're, someone's going through what you're going through, your, your brain doesn't work good. If something happened to Sharon, my brain wouldn't work good. I mean, it just, it, it clouds you. It just clouds you. You're, you're, you know, everything's going good one minute and the next minute a wave hits you. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yes, absolutely. And sometimes it catches you off guard almost. And, um, you see some color or something, you know I mean? Any little thing can trigger. So just give yourself some space to cry and that's okay. That's not bad. That's a human thing. And you need to give your room for him to do that. So I try to make as few, uh, big decisions as I can make, um, and make them slowly as I can make them. So the good news is there's nothing pushing you here. Um, what types of decisions could you make that you would mess up? Well, you could invest in the wrong thing because your, your critical thinking skills to look at an investment are not at the top of their game right now. So I would not do any big time complicated investing. So instead I would just park it in a high yield savings account or a CD for six months and cry. Okay. Um, but I would pay off that he, that HELOC, you know, that little $30,000 might reach over and pay off the house. Uh, did she pass in the hospital or at home? At home. Okay. I hope she was home for about a month on hospice. Okay. Yeah. Wait, are you, John, do you think, will you be in that home long term? Do you think, do you see yourself staying there? I want to, I love our neighborhood. I love our house. Yeah. Um, I love our area. Our, uh, my, our oldest, um, is on the spectrum and we have great supports around him out here in his school. Totally. That's great. He's really thrived in the last few years and I don't see myself going anywhere. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Well, sometimes people need to get away from the place and sometimes yeah. they're perfectly okay with it. Okay, so I think I'm okay with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm just throwing out things yeah. here. So that would affect whether I'd want to pay it off or not, right? I mean, if you're going to put it up for sale, uh, you know, in, in four or five months, then I'm not going to pay it off. But if you're going to keep it, at least for the foreseeable future, I'd probably reach over and pay it off. So that used up 300 of the 600, if I did my math right. Yes. And now you got no payments and no stress, and. And then we just park the rest of it. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do any investing until your head clears. There's no need to. And no big purchase. No big purchases. Yeah. You don't need to do some grandiose thing. And you don't need to make a grandiose generosity move either. Okay. No big giving at this mm-hmm. stage. And wait six months to do a big decision on the other 300. And give yourself six months to cry. I can. I think it's logical, and you probably can agree with me, even though you're right in the midst of the pain. I think you can still agree with me that six months from now, your brain is going to be working better than it works right now. I sure hope so. Oh, well, I'm positive. And so you're not. I I wouldn't be, and I do this for a living and have for decades. I would not be in a condition to make a major financial decision one month after Sharon's gone. I couldn't do it, okay? And I'm, you know, uh, 
Sure. Yeah, so things like with that 300, John, just ideas, again, nothing to do today. But in six months, you know, maybe it's one of those things you look up and it's, you know, maybe kids' college accounts. You put some of that money in there. Maybe you guys go on a great trip, you know, next summer, a year from now and say, hey, we're going to go and use some of this and enjoy it and do a trip. You can have places to designate this money, but just like he was saying earlier, yeah, there's nothing... Nothing big needs to happen. The, the biggest stuff would be this debt if you wanted just to kind of clean it up. But even, John, if you wanted to do nothing, nothing for a few months financially, you're fine. Nothing is in a rush here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, hey, man, if we can help you anyway, you call us back, okay? Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. I'm so sure. sorry. Sorry oh. for you, man. Have a, huh. Yeah, just high-yield savings and just park it. Guys, that's a great rule for anyone who's lost somebody. You've lost a child, you've lost a spouse, uh, even sometimes a parent, depending on the situation. And even a, a divorce. I mean, anything that, yeah. that has a level of that grief. Trauma. Yes, a, yeah, tra- a traumatic trauma. event or anything. Yeah. like. Yeah, just give yourself some yeah. room. you got to remember, personal finance is 80% behavior. It's only 20% head knowledge. The mathematics necessary to become wealthy are sixth grade math. But the critical thinking skills to keep yourself from doing something stupid are grown-up stuff. That's called maturity, emotional stability, spiritual maturity, spiritual stability, relational maturity, relational stability. Those are higher indicators of your ability to build wealth than you have some kind of than you being some kind of math savant. In other words, navigating life while you do money is a bigger deal than actually doing math and so that's how you got to have some things like when you're in a traumatic situation pause and breathe this is the ramsey show Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Charles is with us on the Ramsey Show. Hey, Charles in Boston, how are you? Good. How are you doing, sir? Better than I deserve. How can we help? Uh, yeah. So my question today: I'm a bit of like a trust fund baby type of situation, and uh, my question has to do with um, helping my girlfriend with some of her expenses here and there. It's never that much, and I'm kind of overall I'm pretty stingy and all that. So I guess my big question is just how much should I really do? For a girlfriend? Yeah. Mm, nothing. <laughs> That's your honest advice? Just kind of... Yeah, she's fine. Yeah, y'all aren't, and- y'all aren't married. I mean, you're not even engaged. Y'all are dating, and that's awesome. And uh, if I mean, it goes- if you take her out on a date, you can buy dinner. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I, I always but do you don't that. need to be paying her freaking rent. <laughs> I guess that's a good thing. I, more, it was really about uh, different trips. Honestly, trips you know I want to go on as well. Um, so, you know, should I be paying for any of that type of thing, or do you think that's just a bad decision? Um. So tell me about being a trust fund baby. What does that mean? Um, yeah, so my parents kind of set up like a trust for me when 
I was a child. So how old are you uh, now? Um, but I'm 25 now. Okay. And what do you do for a living? Uh, I do sales. Okay. What do you make? Uh, about 80 in that. Do you live on that or do you spend more than that? Um, I easily live on that. In fact, over the last few years since I graduated, I've been. So you don't utilize the money from the trust for your life at this stage? Yeah, I've never withdrawn from it. Okay, because a trust fund baby generally means a useless human being who does nothing because his parents left him too much money. Okay, that's not that's not you. You're industrious. You have a job. You're doing well. You're living on your own income, and the trust is just a uh, it's extra gravy on the biscuit. It's just extra wealth, and that's not a trust fund baby. I mean, you are a baby that got a trust, but that's not a. <laughs> but the the trust fund baby thing is a negative connotation. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah and you're you're sense. not that guy yeah you're a guy who earns his own keep and your your grandpa and your your dad and your mom would be proud of you right yeah okay yeah okay so date a woman like that okay not one that's uh financially needy as a single yeah. girl yeah that um, it's just honestly, and it's just kind of dragging. Yeah. So, I mean, does she work? Yeah, she works as well. Okay. So why can she not pay her part of her life if y'all go on a trip or something? Yeah, she's just, she doesn't have like any disposable income at this point. So what does she make? Uh, 55. Okay. Well, you got disposable income at 80. So. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, you know, you can look at this, but you just need to be real careful of it. Cause I got to tell you, every dollar you put into something like this has a tendency, a negative weight on the relationship. You start skewing the relationship when you're not both coming at the relationship from strength, financially, spiritually, character, everything. It's very hard to get an equilibrium. That's an yeah. old guy talking. <laughs> no, that does make a lot of sense, honestly. Yeah, so just, yeah, and I would say too, Charles, you where you could tend to overspend because I do want to applaud you that you're living within your means of the income that you have, and I think that's going to do you really well with the level of dignity and what that's going to do for you as as a person, right? I'm like, just because you've come from wealth, you are still standing on your own two feet, and I think that is going to breed a lot of great characteristics in who you become uh, as your life unfolds. Saying all that, I think when love is in the picture and this girlfriend that you really like and you guys think of like, oh my gosh, we could go on this awesome trip and how fun would that be? That's where overspending and emotions come into play. So there's almost a level of accountability even for you to be like, okay, yeah, here's a great trip that we want to take. Uh, but I'm I'm paying for my stuff. She's going to pay for her. So that's even going to dictate the type of trip we take. It may not be as nice of a trip. If I if I pay for it all, right? And so there's almost this level where you can tend to overspend in lifestyle in the name of, yeah, we're gonna just go and have fun and live life and all that. So there's there's something to be said about having that boundary with yourself of you yeah, pay for your stuff. Now we're just making you process it like an adult instead of a child. You just process have to process the decision like a grown up. And when you do that, that it's gonna lead you to really smart decisions here or smarter decisions good question thank you for joining us 
Jeff is in Tampa. Hi, Jeff. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you, uh, Dave. Uh, I'll preface this call after listening to callers back, but I lost my wife of 47 years uh, 30 days ago. She died of oh. cancer. Oh, my in gosh, home, Jeff. In our, yeah, in our home with me. She was in my arms and our children at her side. Wow. I'm so sorry. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, but... Uh, I, and I, I, I heard everything you said about not making the decisions, but um, if I, I could, I'd like to present my sure. question to sure. you. Sure. So uh, I'm debt free except for the house. I have a 56k on it. Um, I have uh, some savings uh, in retirement uh, in a 401k and IRA, and then I have about I have some money in a business checking account that I have not transferred in as income yet and, how much um, about one hundred and eighty thousand. okay and how much in your nest egg in retirement uh about well let's see so, uh about um well this one right now the 401k is 115 it went down it's only at 115 right now and then the ira is 90 okay so you got another couple of hundred there and then a couple yeah. hundred in business checking, fifty-six mortgage. What's your question? Well, shit, first of all, I, I have a specific being in the. I own a small real estate company, and we manage properties and we sell and list and sell. Mm-hmm. Well, I do. My wife's not here anymore, um, and so I want to buy a specific rental property, and I can get it for like two eighty-five k, and it pays two thousand a month rent, and. Um, and so my question is, should I try to take that money out of retirement and add my business uh, from my, my business income to it and buy, buy the rental? Uh, or should I not, if I take all that money out, I'm going to get nailed on taxes. So, You're going to get nailed on taxes anyway, because a sub yeah. S is in an LLC and a business are taxable in a calendar year, whether you take the money out or not, the profit is taxable. Okay. Are you are you a, a sub S or an LLC? Uh, S. Yeah, you're gonna get you get it's all it's all passed through on calendar year. You get taxed anyway. Okay. I face the same thing. That's how I know. So, uh, it, but if I understand you right, you'd have to drain everything to buy this rental property, and you'd have basically no money left. Well. I would have no because I would have I, I could take eighty five out of my checking and then I still I have about a hundred and then I would have the um, but I mean you I, have no I, nest egg other than real right, estate right yeah, yeah I wouldn't do that well after after paying taxes you're right I yeah. would have not have a lot left yeah. and still I'd have to build it back up yeah uh, or I, I, I could I, pay my house off I'd pay um, your house off and rest. And let's save, let's save towards buying a rental property that we can pay cash for without just completely liquidating everything to cause it to happen. It scares me okay. that you're just basically cleaning out all the accounts to buy this one property. Well, take- I love real estate, but I don't love any of it that much. Yeah, you got to keep a liquidity position. You got to keep some cash um, in this situation. I don't know how much other properties and what your overall net worth is, but uh, you've obviously done pretty well. But I, I, I would hold back on that. Uh, as much as I love real estate. Hey, I'm so sorry, Jeff. Sorry you're facing that. Mm-hmm. That puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books.
Dave here. You can find all of our shows with the Ramsey Network app on your smartphone. It's the only place to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. Download the Ramsey Network app in your favorite app store today.